0: hello and welcome back to belmont bunch i'm not tom or james but they are both here i'm sterling from isles x cats we're gonna talk about the very disappointing past week in islanders hockey along with so much more wow that was the best intro ever
1: (laughs) um all right uh, I, I agree i agree <laughs> yeah don't get too comfortable sterling all right yeah. like <laughs> you're not stealing our jobs yet all right so, all right cool uh sterling first return guest ever on our i mean groundbreaking podcast i maybe that's a little a little uh a little too much but anyway um so we're gonna talk about tom's gonna talk about the first couple games first the four the four games the four disappointing games of this season uh well of this week (laughs) there's been more than four disappointing games this season and then sterling we're gonna hear about your uh your recaps of the panthers games that happened this week so tom why don't you just roll it away roll start it with the uh rangers game that happened on thursday of april 21st
2: yeah so um this game i am very fortunate that I um, only caught the first period. I, I watched the rest via highlights, but um, so I, I, I had softball that night and I knew I was only going to be able to watch the first period. And I was like, you know what? So they were coming off the Florida loss and the Toronto losses, which weren't terrible. Uh, and I was kind of hoping that, you know, there's nothing to play for anymore. Just put a little intensity. That I was looking at the schedule and going, all right, we got the Rangers next. That might be the last time this year we really see intensity out of them because, you know, that's the the rivalry closest to heart, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they were just abysmal. They were so bad. I think I would have willingly shut the game off after the first period if I was available to watch the rest. Um, the first period, they gave up a natural hat trick to Andrew Kopp, as everyone pointed out on police appreciation night, I think it was. Andrew Cop's scores hat trick. That's funny. Um but it was, it, it, it's this thing that I noticed in the Buffalo and the Carolina game as well, which is scaring the hell out of me, which is the like trot structure is like kind of crumbling the guys. I Let's hope it's just, you know, end of the year stuff. But even then, you know, winning habits are like built over doing it all the time. And, uh, there were a lot of missed assignments, especially in the Ranger game. Um, all three of the goals were good passes by Artemi Panarin in the first period, um, but like, the uh, the first one, Parise had the back post covered, and just like, started making a mad dash to to Panarin, who had the puck on the other side of the ice, It just left the back post open, and like several times they did that, and I couldn't even find it in my heart to blame Varley at all because I was just like, wow, this is this is pathetic. <laughs> this yeah, is I really I remember, bad.
1: Yeah, I remember yelling at my screen because I, I yeah like every I'm pretty sure every one of those cop goals were uh like like when they showed the replay it was just like barely any islanders in sight. You mm-hmm. know, it was just like the Rangers were running all over the offensive zone. Like just it, it was yeah it seemed like a lot of defensive breakdowns. Or just bad decisions, I guess.
2: Yeah, like the Parise won the rest of the structure was fine. You know, and he just like a bit and that's such a it's a weird player to do that too. You mm-hmm. know, like if Wally did that I know I know Sterling you love Wally, but like yeah. I think if Wally did that we wouldn't be as shocked. But like Mm -hmm. seeing a veteran like Zach Parise do that, I mean, the good thing is that's like the only time all year I've noticed him do something that, like, whoa, hey, Mm -hmm, what are you doing? mm -hmm. Um, So, you know. Um, But, yeah, this was a brutal game. Uh, The Isles um, really, really, really didn't show up to a rivalry game the last time of the year. I know it's a small thing, but they could have won the season series. Instead, they tie it. It's a tiny thing, but I feel like at the end of the year, you're looking – for what's left of to motivate you or else you're just going to get run off the ice and that's what they did they chose the ladder they got run off the ice um the one positive is nice to see brock you know get a couple back they did make it a game for like a minute but uh, yeah like basically the only takeaway is oh good for brock and And, josh uh, bailey (laughs) yeah josh bailey continuing to at least pile on the points maybe that third round pick Maybe that that <laughs> uh, whatever, yeah. you know, maybe the pick that we use to get rid of him isn't as bad now. Um, Actually, quick, Sterling, what are your thoughts on possibly
1: trading Brock? Uh, uh, not Brock. <laughs> Definitely How dare not you. Brock.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Really? Uh, yeah. Like, wow. I think I think he's been much better the second half of the season. That's even a bit long. Uh, the past <laughs> few weeks. Uh, but, you know when you're trying to build a contending team, you might have to trade away pieces that have some value. And Anthony Beauvilliers is another one of those guys. If we could upgrade from those two, I think that makes the forward core a lot more potent.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes me sad, though. Like, so I'm very (laughs) attached. I'm very attached Mm -hmm. to this core because like that, this is like who I've been watching you know, the, like who? When I really started watching, like three years ago, you know. So it's uh, it's like very difficult to imagine something different. Whereas, like you guys have been watching forever, so to you, it's like you guys are all like desensitized to it. Well,
0: <laughs> I I mean, to be fair, Bailey is like the only that player left from my first team of around like 2010. Mm-hmm. So it would be kind of sad, but you know, 2017, 18, 19 Bailey versus this season as I think the prime of his career was that 2020 playoffs just one crazy, like yeah. up until the conference final. So from there, it's been pretty rough and mm-hmm. this year just complete drop off. So I yeah. like to get rid of him.
1: Yeah. Somebody yeah. else that's also dropped off is Matt Martin, but that's uh, <laughs> and that's...
0: your boy Ross. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm
1: like embarrassed that he was my favorite player briefly.
0: <laughs> I mean, Parisi has been finding good chemistry with Barzell, but I think he would be a very good fourth liner for next season. I, I think he plays a similar game to Bo, which mm-hmm. is very good for the fourth line. Dump and Chase, such a hustler, and puts up production as well as looking at stats of like Martin and Johnston versus even like a Pat Maroon on Tampa, and the production's just not even close, even though they both play similar games so i definitely want to move on from them
2: yeah i i fully agree i i hate to say it like you know i'm wearing a sezikis jersey right now he's kind of the least of that lines issues anyway but um yeah it's really i mean clutterbuck wasn't awful this year but when you got a guy that's 34 i think it's a natural and he's at the end of his contract um you know before they re-signed him i think it was a natural conclusion to just like Uh, Minnesota traded a a very similar player. They traded Nick Delorier and got a third round pick back for him. And the Islanders are not known for having a great farm system at the moment. And if they're also not good, you know, that's a problem. So I would like to recoup value. I know it's, you know, uh, it's done and dusted already happened, but I really wish they had traded clutter at the deadline. And I really don't get two more years for a guy that's 34 and now uh, going through surgery. Um. And on the other side, as you pointed out, as both of you pointed out, Matt Martin, he's got six points this year. I'm pretty sure he had, like, that they, in they one. A, they right. are
1: hard-earned six points, though. Oh, sure, <laughs> you're sure, not sure, sure, gonna sure, get. No, he has seven points. Watch oh, your math. Oh, picked one up. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he has um, seven and a hard-earned yeah. seven. Except for but, that. Uh, what's up? Oh, no, no, wait. It was Tazekas that got the goal on his butt. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> I was thinking that was <laughs> Never mind. Yeah.
2: But uh, yeah, I mean, I know you didn't bring those guys in to score, but the problem is, like, that would be okay if that was the fourth line for like the Leafs or the Cats to use. Uh, you know, since we have a Cats person on here, um, like if the if the Panthers had this fourth line, that would be an issue because the Panthers' top three lines have the scoring, so the fourth mm. line can just go out there and do this. The Islanders do not have that luxury. The Islanders don't have that offense, and. So the fourth line, you know, it it maybe unfairly gets pointed out as like, you know, because it used to be the identity. And now, you know, I, Sezikis has 10 goals. I was hard on him for a period, but, you know, a lot of guys in the second half picked it up. Um, But that the fourth line, part of me was kind of hoping in the offseason. Now, this is before they re-signed Clutter, that the fourth line going into next year was going to be like um, Sezikis down the middle no matter what you're not getting rid of him his contract's All too right. big nobody's even going to trade for it sezikis zarnik and uh johnston but i think Johnston's played his way out of that <laughs> and uh you know i think to to sterling's point if um if Paris is a fourth liner next year that says that we had a good off season because that would yeah. mean that we probably went out and got either philip forsberg or traded for someone or signed johnny gaudreau god help us please um you know if one of those things happened and Zach Priest is playing on the fourth line. That's that's a sign that the offseason
0: went well. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, that, that's interesting. Because um, even certainly, even when you said that, I was just like Priese definitely seems a little too talented for the fourth line. But that yeah, that makes sense. Also, what do you think about uh, or what do you think the possibility of Bellows being like a more regular on the fourth line is? Or you think he mm-hmm. should be traded?
0: I think he should probably be traded. Uh, I like him a lot. It's weird. I would feel the saddest if he got traded over like Bailey and whatever, because he's still young and Mm -hmm. he's shown good potential this season. But I think we're realistically trying to be contenders with this Corrigan. We're not trying to rebuild, at least for next season. And I just don't think he's been consistent enough i like oliver wallstrom so i don't really get to say much but <laughs> he does have some production and you know his lack of ice time and mm-hmm. power play time is accounted for in that i know he's not the best off the puck but he's still 21 about to be 22 and he has the whole off season ahead of him we'll see how he comes back next year bellows i think is a year older maybe two and I don't see a regular spot, especially if Lou has a miraculous good off season.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, no, I want to talk about Bellos. All right, go. <laughs> yes. All right, super super quickly,
2: I think. Um, I think at this point, if he's going to be an Islander, it's going to be fourth line. Um, I, I I was just saying, like, if you remade the fourth line, if it were Sezikis, Zarnick, and him, and Bellows on the left. Um, Bellows, unfortunately, they the Islanders drafted him to be a scorer, um, and that just hasn't happened. So either you do trade him, and you, it's tough at this point. I think you get next to nothing back. You know, like like he just hasn't done anything. Um, but uh, if he, if he sticks around, I think his play style is like suited for the fourth because he hits. He's been hitting more, and uh, he doesn't skate very well, so that fits the Matt Martin mold. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit harsh. Matt Martin, <laughs> but um, yeah, well, a, I, 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 mean, I agree that I think Bellows is kind of like at this point, he's not really even a prospect anymore. He's kind of like, he's got to be a good player now and he's got a three game point streak, but it's not like it's been, you know, great stuff. So I, yeah, he like might sign on a league min for one more time and like a one year for like a show me. Uh, Cause I don't know if anybody's even going to want to trade for him. <laughs> um, yeah. So.
1: Well, actually, he's so he has 18 points this season.
2: That is a lot more than I would have thought.
1: And and he's only played 43 games, so he's played half the games and 18 points. That means he's on. All right, so pace. he's playing first line. <laughs> he's playing first line. He's on pace for uh, what is that? 36 points, which mm. is what basically between Zach Parise and Peugeot. So it's and, like and Bo, Bo that uh Bo's on that Bo's at 33, yeah. And and interestingly wallstrom only has 24 points and he's played 71 games. but he doesn't even in the games he plays he generally plays like i think less than 15 minutes like he doesn't play he played
0: very little the other night like i'm really
1: surprised by that
0: i follow his ice time (laughs) and less than 15 minutes is generous it's usually less than 10 we're talking about that's
1: actually really surprising Mm -hmm. wow
0: yeah it's it's tough you
2: know i i have this like thing i've been trying out which is like Every time I want, like, I always seem to give up on a player right as he goes into a hot streak. We've joked about that this yeah. year, so I'm really hoping. And I haven't given up on Wally because he's super young, and I've seen stuff that um, I like a lot. I've seen um, stuff, but okay. I'm wondering. I'm always like, I always also jump off a bandwagon the year before it becomes good. So, like, I you know, the year that the Lightning won the the, the first cup that they won recently. Uh, it was the year I was like, you know what? They got swept last year. I'm done ever picking <laughs> again, and then they won the cup. So I'm trying to now apply that to Wally. And what I'm gonna hope for because I saw it in Dobson this year is you know, last year we were like, oh, Dobson's playing a lot of sheltered minutes, and he's ice time isn't very much. And um, and although he I kind of the I,
1: third leader in points, he has 48 yeah. points,
2: yeah. And that's the thing is, I'm hoping that you know, yeah. we see that um, next year for Wally, we there's no rush to get rid of Wally. You have time. Um, you know, I think there's still a lot of pedigree there, and you still see with the shot, his his skating needs to get better for sure. Um but um and, and some like fundamental stuff, just getting the puck in deep and uh maybe forechecking checking a little bit more. But I like I'm I'm hoping for next year breakout where he goes in. If the Islanders get reinforcements, pressure won't be as much on Wally. Because I feel like you know, since nobody was scoring, you know, everybody got their period of blame and Wally had to go through that where everybody and now, you know, playing very little ice time. So I'm really hoping I think a lot of it stems from if you have a good off season, it takes the pressure off some of the guys and mm-hmm. makes it easier for them. So I think you really, really, if you're Lou, you're doing a favor to everyone else on the team if you go out and you get current 42 goal scorer, Phil Forsberg. <laughs> And all of a sudden, Bo can play the third line. And all of a sudden, you know, um, like Wally has time to develop on the third line. And you're playing with Pajo on that third line. So that could be an interesting third line. Bo, yeah. Paggio, uh, Wally, I'd be interested to see how that goes, um, if that were possible. Um, I know Parise also playing on the third line could help. But, what let's just do four players four forwards on the it, third line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if they resign Chara, they should just <laughs> they should just play uh, a a defenseman down and play four forwards on the uh, third line at all times. Yeah. Uh no, I
1: think actually the opposite. I think just Chara 1v5. Ooh, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. No
2: defensive partner for Chara. He's
1: been being held back. Okay. Yes. That's why he's so bad.
2: Yeah, Dobby, um, it's actually Dobby's fault. <laughs> yeah. Actually Although, I oh, will sorry, point I out finish. the other day, I think I forgot which game it was. I want, I want to say it was the, uh, was it the Carolina game? There was a game where Dobby like lost the puck battle at the line and Chara was the one left back. And I was like, oh, the shoe's on the other foot. Now Dobby, you <laughs> screwed over Zinano.
0: <laughs> and then they ended
2: up scoring. So, mm. um, yeah.
0: I don't know if I saw this wrong but a couple weeks ago in the game in pittsburgh when the pens had that two on oh goal Mm -hmm. i could have sworn it was a two on one and then chara just didn't get back and he just made a line change i need to look at it again but
2: i respect (laughs) it he's trying to save himself another minus (laughs) yeah
0: exactly
1: dude he's got that's his only thing that he has going for him he's let's see plus minus turns turns to the ref did i get off in time (laughs) (laughs) okay wait this is actually insane so zidane ochara who probably two weeks ago i can't remember when we last talked about this uh was plus 16 he's now only plus six Whoa. what the hell yeah he lost Whoa. 10 he went in down a by, week in a week or two probably two weeks but adam Pellic went from like 15 or 16 to now
2: 19 plus 19 that's weird because i think pelly's had like quite a few bad games recently yeah, yeah. and that's pretty rare for him but um yeah i i think that also points to like how plus minus is kind of a useless Dude, it,
0: it's not useless plus minus okay I, is, I, there's
1: hidden gems in there okay it and, is the
2: dano char is one of the gems I, <laughs> I think it's useful as a large general trend to show a team that last year probably had a lot of pluses is now mm-hmm. a lot of minuses but i think it's Mm, I think it's not very helpful. There are better metrics. Yeah. Um, I
1: still can't believe like that. Barzo's a minus 15. He's yeah.
2: the worst. I mean, which is he doesn't, he doesn't back check. Yeah. And it happened again the other day on a play that didn't end up as a goal, but he, I, he, I don't know. I don't want to say he mailed it in, but he did <laughs> <laughs> on, on that play in particular. I don't want to say um,
1: this, but I'm saying it. Yeah. yeah. So um, I guess
2: I will say it,
1: but okay. So, um, that kind of got sidetracked, but I mean, come on, what were you expecting? To yeah, well, you know what? Viewers? That was
2: a general talk about how it's been going. So I yeah, feel like man. that kind of look. If you're watching this podcast, you certainly watched those games. <laughs> yeah. If you didn't, if you didn't, do not go back and watch them. Uh, and also, just assume we're right and take our word for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think we could get some positivity in here. All right, positivity and time. Ha- how we do that? We go to our resident Florida, our, our, I don't want to say resident Florida Panthers, fan, <laughs> like resident part Florida Panthers. Yeah. Um, let's do a cat's corner
0: mm-hmm. with
2: Sterling to talk about uh,
0: how the cats are doing. Get some positivity going here. Yeah. Nothing like completely switching teams. To get <laughs> yeah. negativity. Um, but the past week has been really fun besides the islanders game that was awful um <laughs> uh, <laughs> starting with last thursday it was against detroit uh that was a game where i think they went down one nothing i'm not sure if they went down two nothing but kind of with this team i just haven't really felt like the game would ever be over like if the islanders go down to nothing that's just pretty much it this mm-hmm. season But they rallied and won 5-2. That was a second period comeback, I want to say. The game, spoiler, I went to the game after Saturday. But um, they seem to be a very strong second period team. Might be something for potential playoff opponents to capitalize on. Their first periods have been okay obviously not bad because they're the best team in well the actually
1: league. yeah i'm looking at the uh at the game the uh, scoring so they actually they went down one nothing in the first but they it still in the first they caught up so uh they right. scored three but they two of them came at the end of the first right so right. yeah so then um yeah so then it was then it became two threes you know the detroit got one back in the second and then they answered it florida answered it so uh and then they got their fifth goal in the third so um yeah that's uh that's an interesting observation though because that's something that tom and i have definitely talked about with the islanders you know where it, i i don't know if we talked about it too much this season but like yeah like third period sometimes they're like consistently like they'll make up for lost time and like they'll hustle or second period or something like that yeah but yeah. uh i don't know what the trend is lately but how it's how to consi- be bad at all times
2: <laughs> <laughs> sorry we're being positive right
1: My bad. <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah so so how how consistently do you think they're best in the second period just like on on watching the games
0: I'm going to slightly change the question to how consistently <laughs> have they not been great in the first cuz okay. also their third periods are strong Okay and it's never been anything crazy but they seem to give up the first goal a lot mm. and funny enough I wanna say the last 3 in-person games i've been to i think bob let in a goal on his first shot his first shot and fourth shot against Mm. so Mm. goaltending actually i've been surprised with the past couple weeks bob's led in like two goals a game that's about it but always that first shot i don't know what Mm. it is just can't make the save if the panthers can score even like four goals a game, if they continue to get this kind of goaltending, they'll be fine, at least for the first round against a team like Washington isn't really known to be outstanding defensively this season. Um, but then the next game was Toronto, which was fantastic. That, Like I said, that's the one I won too. Mm-hmm. That was first shot of the game, went in just, a slap shot from the circle went through Bob's arm. I think it was not a bad goal, but no screen or anything. You want him to have that back first period from that point on was kind of boring for them. They didn't get much offensively. I think by the end of, the period, and even throughout the game, shots were pretty even, which was surprising for me because I've only been to games where they're putting up like 50 shots a game. Um, But then I think it was in the beginning of the second, if not the end of the first, uh, Toronto just threw a puck on net. It went off of Gutis' skate and into the net to make it 2-0, Uh, Pierre Engval was on the doorstep and I saw the 47 and was like, oh my God, Leo. Leo. (laughs) Um, So that was pretty cool until it wasn't his goal. But then second period, uh, I think that's when they got their first goal. I don't think I remember it. Oh, yeah, it was puck came free like literally right in front of the net and like, I mean, Below the circle, in between the circle and the crease. And Campbell didn't really have any chance. He was very aggressive. But power play in the third tied the game. Uh, The puck came over to Giroud. I audibly said, shoot it. And it happened. <laughs> he and, heard so, it. Yeah. So I. This is why be... we need fans in the arena. The exactly. players will
2: forget to shoot unless we tell them. <laughs>
0: Well, I was super far away from the ice, but I know Giroux heard me. Mm-hmm. So he just ripped it at probably a screen. I don't know. It was a power play. Rest of the third period was tied out too, but very entertaining. Bob made a couple of huge stops. Florida kind of collapsed a bit defensively, got some two on ones against. But surprisingly, Bob held his ground. And I want to say in over, not overtime, some point in the game, Oh, that was the Islanders game. I'm, <laughs> oh, up. Mixing, them up. <laughs> I'm mixing them up. I was just going to say someone shot the puck. It was barely shorthanded shot the puck five hole, but Bob made the save. I was like, yeah, I don't love the five hole shot, but that should be the scouting report. So I mm. can't get too mad. But anyways, overtime was great. Uh, John Tavares almost assisted on a goal. And then I don't remember who his partner was. Went off his stick cats had a two on one the other way and a very weird finish it was like a shot pass that just trickled through campbell into the net that was the game hmm. uh that was my second like overtime win and. In- a couple weeks i also went to the ducks game which i know this is from a while ago and we like breaking news we definitely like breaking news Mm. but if you didn't see that over time which i presume most of the audience didn't um gibson was we speak of gibson generally on twitter like he's kind of washed but he was lights out that game and in overtime made a huge split save. But then I noticed he was very slow to get up. And I was like, did he pull something or whatever? A couple minutes later, Huberto got a breakaway. Didn't really do anything fancy. Just shot it into his pads. Gibson went into the butterfly. He just literally couldn't get back up. Huberto got the rebound. Gibson was literally just on the ice and he just held his glove up, hoping he would catch it, but no shot. Uh, So that was two fun overtimes in a row. And I know I'm taking a long time. So really quickly, by that point, they had clinched first in the division. So they played Tampa in a rivalry game. Lots of fun physicality with some great fighting skills by Sam Bennett. Uh, disappointing outcome because I was kind of thinking Spencer Knight might have been the guy like a month ago for game one. Terrible game by him, and I think Bob has taken his starter's crease back. And I just didn't really watch the Boston game at all. That was a 4-2 loss, but I guess they don't really have much to play for. I know they called up a few AHLers mm-hmm. to just finish the season off.
1: Oh, that's actually – is that normal if you, like, clinched? Yeah, uh, they're they're in time? a good
2: spot. I know the Rangers sat a bunch of guys tonight. And, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, the Cats already have the conference locked up as the one seed. Um, so I'm glad they did that. And also, like, they have, like, sneaky good depth anyway. So, like, yeah. they can still compete um, – with like guys like Marchment, who's been like ridiculous this year, uh, Duclair, like they they have some nice depth. I like it. Uh, uh, Lundell is really yeah. really good. Oh man, they have such a deep scoring offense. I'm so envious. Um, <laughs> Tom
1: just what... moved, just moved to Florida and just uh, just become it. a just Panthers fan.
0: Yeah, nah. uh, no, <laughs> I out think for some people. When <laughs> when when I think of the Islanders' fourth line. Of course, I have to compare it to the Panthers. And I just don't think having a grinder-only line as your fourth line is good enough to win the Cup. Like, sure, they were close last year. They arguably wouldn't have made the playoffs the past two years, to be fair, with the 11-game losing streak or so stopped Mm -hmm. by COVID. And then I feel like people kind of forget Like, they always say, oh, it was a shortened season last year. Don't forget they had, like, a month at the end of the season where they won, like, one game and got destroyed by Michael Hauser on Buffalo. Uh, So not even a great season last year. I'm just going off on tangents. That's okay. No, no, that's totally (laughs) – I
1: mean, I would be – I would actually be a little annoyed if you weren't. Um, (laughs) You know? Like have you ever listened to this podcast before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but uh yeah, it's it is it is uh it's definitely something to think about. It's just like if you know, so many things have could have been different, like COVID really in so many ways, like, you know, it's like made made a lot of things like that might have been completely impossible possible. Like, you know, like the Islanders making the playoffs in the first place, right. uh, like you were saying. Um, you know, like but, like, like uh, the season we had this year, um, my skeptical self from the 2019-2020 season, so the, the first season that COVID messed up, that's what I was kind of expecting, where it was just like we, uh, well, you know, for the most part, right? Like, we looked okay or we looked good, and then it, we just had those bad losing streaks that were, like, we couldn't recover from, you know?
0: So I got to ask, I love one of the skits on the channel is from the beginning of that season. So are you telling me that's historically accurate? Uh
1: I don't know which skit.
0: (laughs) It's you're basically complaining about Varlamov and the beginning of the season.
1: Yeah. Oh man. That was let's look up Belmont Bunch. Hang on. (laughs) Let's see. Videos sort by oldest
0: um. Hmm. Mm. I think it's like no Islanders way. Analytics is the name of. The yeah. Story. Oh, I kind of remember that one.
1: Yeah, Tom. I remember having to explain to you. Like I was like. He does this very. He has to explain to me very. <laughs> oh yeah, and I yeah here it is. Should we play the whole one minute clip on the podcast? <laughs> um. <laughs> Oh, you guys won't be able to hear it, so yeah. um, whatever. Just I'll put the link in the description. Yeah. Uh, I had to explain to Tom, we only had one camera. Now we have two cameras. I mean, budget psh, through the roof, <laughs> But uh, we only had one camera, so I was like, Tom, we'll film all of your lines like so you don't have to move and we don't have to move the camera. Then we'll film all my lines and we'll cut them together so it looks like we're talking. He's like, what are you talking about? That's the craziest thing i ever heard. <laughs> and then you would like that. tom you would say your line and then you'd stop and be like you got to say the next one you're like wait but don't it's mm-hmm. you're, i'd explain it every time it was <laughs> great all right but um yeah man that has a solid 37 views guys all right yeah. can we get that to 38 <laughs> um <Exactly. laughs> so anyway i'm done <laughs> so <laughs> one
2: sec, let me let me uh close my door
1: oh we're peeling peeling the onion guys we're going about scenes i don't know how that opened up
2: anyway um but uh yeah
0: it was the the ghost of leo camera oh
2: actually it was was like how how are you doing tom so
1: (laughs) that's actually really interesting that um because i've seen a lot of shit talk by you sterling not Mm. a lot but a little bit being like if we had leo you know (laughs) we would be in the playoffs right now i don't know how much you're like serious how much you're like kidding so like what are your honest what's your honest opinion about losing leo
0: okay uh last year the beginning of the season could not stand this guy i mean i even put out a video (laughs) after do you remember he took a five minute major after the the game i put out i put out a stupid like minute and a half long video trashing him (laughs) um not me trashing him but oh well um and then, you know what, for the rest of the season, I just kind of started embracing him. Like, And I made a video for when he got an assist and then one for when he scored a goal, which I was never able able to use afterwards. Mm. But I really liked him in the playoffs. He actually was doing a really good job of being that physical grinder-type player. Mm-hmm. Should he have been on the first line? Probably not. But um, I guess it worked out. They had a deep run. So this season, I was really disappointed to see him go. Like, objectively, he's not very good, but I really liked him as a player. Um, And I find it very funny that the reason he left pretty much is because he basically said, this team is too good for me. I'm going to do my part and just... Let the team be the team, and they ended up missing the playoffs completely. Yeah. So I definitely wish he was still here. Shouldn't be on the first line, but it, sure, he's a great player to play with.
1: Tom, what do you think?
0: Uh, what with Leo?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, you know, uh, honestly, I I wonder. I really, really wonder what the difference between him and Martin would have been this year. And I don't think I would have said that coming into the year. So I can't really get on Lou about that because that's completely, that would be going, you know, retrospect and Monday morning quarterbacking. But um, I guess I do miss kind of the slap thing he used to do with, like it was (laughs) Um, low. But yeah, I mean, you know, um, he, he's apparently doing pretty well over in Russia. uh, So Mm -hmm. good for him.
0: Uh, I just found uh, it hard to believe. I looked up his stats and, he was actually an amazing player on Toronto for a bit of time. He yeah, was an he all-star.
2: Was, he was somewhat fantasy viable, which is kind of shocking. Like, he would hit enough and, like, add enough offense that he'd be one of the – I do a, a category league, so he'd be that rare. You know, like um, Wayne Simmons used to do that too. Okay, I was like, yeah. this guy hits, he scores, he gets power play points. Leo didn't really get power play points, but he got a few shorthanded points, which we yeah, did yeah. in our league. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so yeah it's a shame I, I, I think unfortunately Lou kind of falls in love with guys a couple years after their prime and when yeah. they're grinders so yeah. you know I think you see that with the fourth line contracts and uh, let's just be thankful I guess Lou didn't I mean Leo didn't get another yeah <laughs> yeah it feels mean to say because I like him as a guy <laughs> but you know
1: well but okay we're disregarding cap situation though do you think mm-hmm. Leo would have been better than you know anybody we currently have like either fourth line or even to step into the third line or something like that.
0: See, the thing is after watching this past season, Leo definitely would not have been a replacement for Martin. It would have been Martin Sazikas, Clutterbuck, Leo probably Johnston thrown in somewhere right, right. I just don't feel great about the lineup decisions the past year. If he was a direct replacement for Martin, definitely would be an upgrade. I'd say.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Isn't I, that crazy? I never would have thought we'd I, say that.
1: I know. I know. <laughs> I completely agree. Um, I do remember Tom. I do remember talking to you though, like three years ago. Um, and I was like, if, if who's a better hockey player in general, like Leo Komarov, or Ross Johnston? <laughs> 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 and because you just like just would not stop shitting on Leo Komarov. You know? <laughs> and then like now that I've like watched hockey enough, I'm like I understand how obvious it is that Ross Johnson is just, you know, not very good. Um, you know, he has his job and he does it, but uh mm-hmm. uh so so I apologize, Leo. We this is a formal <laughs> apology from Belmont Bunch. Um yeah. for for being so down on you.
0: Yeah, um, see what what triggers me a bit is seeing this season everyone being so sympathetic to leo and like, <laughs> yeah oh this guy's amazing why did he leave when all of the off season and last year they couldn't stand him mm-hmm. kind of upsetting it, to me I, but...
1: <laughs> no i agree like i've seen that on twitter a couple times and like i don't know how if people like that's why i didn't know if people were being serious or not you know because it's, <laughs> it's complete whiplash like from people like completely trashing him to being like we need him back yeah but, yeah, um, yeah. but anyway so uh we kind of touched on a little bit let's go to if the if the playoffs started today you know because the seating or yeah the seating isn't set yet uh you know how do you guys think the islanders would do and how do you think the panthers would do
2: (laughs) well the islanders i mean i think we have a chance
1: guys
2: (laughs) uh let's get the islanders out of the way because that'll be quick um wait (laughs) i don't even know how. only 18 points back um (laughs) i'll Washington say this Catvers. um the isles um i mean i think they still play a style that would have kept them in games but uh i don't i don't think they would have uh let's see like let's imagine the islanders were the eight seed if they were playing florida that would be a quick series mm-hmm. um like and and uh i guess the kind islanders of al- quickly very quickly yeah, already yeah, jumping yeah. over to florida uh florida <laughs> right now uh i i like their first round matchups, obviously the Panthers are looking for their first playoff series win in 26 years as Islander fans. We know how that feels like something close to that. We know how that feels. And so, you know, I'm rooting for them, obviously. Um, I'm a little bit worried Now, first off the good out of the way, this is their best uh, season ever as a franchise, 57 wins, 120 points, two games left. Um, like they already like need to get a lot of credit for that. The one thing I'm worried about, for, is goaltending because they can't they they were in a they're in a weird, very unique goaltending spot where they can't do anything about it. You have Bob whose contract is just there. like you can't move. That. You just gotta hope that he plays well, um because there's no getting rid of that. And, and then you have Spencer Knight. It's not like you're gonna you, you can't risk sending him down. Um I, I actually don't know what his waiver status is right now, but like you know, you want him to get NHL minutes they're in this tough spot of, like, the team is absolutely in win now because the offense is there. The defense is low-key not bad for, you know, you would think the Panthers are just winning games with, like, their best-in-the-league offense. The Panthers have a 290 goals against, which in past years would sound bad, but scoring is up this year, and that's 12, which is not bad. Um, so, for me, the, the, the worry with the Panthers is, like, can the goaltending hold up, and that's literally it. That's it. If the goaltending holds up, they could go all the way. They could do it. Um and and as um, you know, uh, you alluded to earlier, like it, it's it's a little bit it's a scary situation that you're paying a goalie 10 million a year and you don't know who's starting game 1. As of a few weeks ago, I think you're right that Bob is going to start game 1 at this point. But it's just a really weird spot to be in and it's difficult for the GM to you can't improve your goaltending because the two guys are set. It's the guy of the future and the guy you're paying way too much. So it's like, all right, let's outscore the other team. That's worked in the regular season. So maybe it will. Um, I'm really, really hoping for another uh, Florida Tampa series at some point in the playoffs. Uh, That was last year. I was going to say low key, but no, everyone knows. That was one (laughs) of the best series of the playoffs. That was a lot of fun. The Panthers gave, um, you know, I, as Islander fans, we're in a circle where we always heard, you know, from other Islander fans, the Islanders gave the Lightning the best fight in the playoffs. But I think the Panthers gave them a similar fight. Uh it didn't go seven, it went six. But the Panthers, that was a physical series. That was a fun, fun, fun series to watch. And so I'm really hoping that the Caps, I sorry, the Cats uh run roughshod over um, you know, either you know, the Caps and the Penguins, that's old school. The, the <laughs> Cats are the team of now. Yeah. So I'm hoping that the Cats... Yeah, um, they're you new know, money. I hope they win the first series and they win it quick so that they have time to recuperate and then take on possibly Toronto, if Toronto wins their first playoff series in forever, Uh or Tampa. And I think either of those series are going to be really difficult because uh I think Toronto, I think I give Edge Panthers because... Goaltending, I would give Edge Panthers. I don't trust Toronto's goaltending. Um, and then for the other one, um, man, I don't want—I really don't want to play Tampa right now. It looks like they're getting hot right at the right time, and that scares me. But you know, if the Cats play them, I think it's going to be oof, like the best TV of the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, by the way, my—I—I I, I don't want to give it away because uh, I'm working on my bracket video, but I'm hoping for a Calgary-Florida final because I think it would be extremely high-scoring and really fun. Yep. That's my mm-hmm. cat's thing. Let's go to Sterling because he's the expert, though.
0: All right. So first thing about the playoffs, and we'll talk about the Islanders. James, you said 18 points out. Do mm-hmm. we have any games in hand? Um, <laughs> games <laughs> in hand? That's my favorite phrase. <laughs> yeah.
1: Unfortunately, no. All right. So... Yeah. That's
0: going to be a no. It's going to be an issue, yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting
1: to see Lou get us out of this one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just... See, here we go with the tangent again, but you must know the YesUV account. Oh, Mm -hmm. of course, yeah. I just can't get the tweet out of my head from as soon as they started playing at ubs where he started making fun of the fans who are saying oh don't worry when we play at home it's going to be completely different <laughs> um anyways so with florida goaltending i think you address pretty well i will say i went to the one jonas Johansson game Mm. and he is not the answer so <laughs> <laughs> i've heard such things <laughs> yes um i think Bobrovsky. honestly like a couple weeks ago i was kind of thinking you know i wouldn't be too surprised if florida was a first round exit because of their goaltending but i don't want to say it too early i think bob's been playing pretty good and like we've only have two games left i think that will continue at least into the first round and trying to think of possible upset scenarios for the Panthers like they're getting Ekblad back as well on defense Um, so I think their defense is going to be even better than what it has been their offense just has been insane I can't really think of any potential reasons maybe other than like with 2018-19 Tampa, like, they won the President's Trophy early into the season. Not not into the season, but for winning the President's Trophy standards. And then, like, they just had a long stretch of time where they didn't have much to play for. Versus Columbus, who was fighting for their lives every game up to game one. Mm. Like, they've been playing good games recently. And not mm. just blowout games. Kind of playoff-type games as well. So... I think they'll be fine, at least in the first round. Mm. Um, I do remember saying last year about the Islanders Penguin series, even though I did say on the podcast I thought Pittsburgh would win. I do remember saying, you know, Jari has been a bit inconsistent. If he plays poorly, then that could be the series for them. And, and like did. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally the only reason they lost, I think. But for this series, whoever they play, Pittsburgh, Washington, I think the goaltending is going to be fine. And unless someone goes down, I don't see any major flaws. Uh, Washington and Pittsburgh would obviously, obviously be one of their opponents. Washington's kind of a weird team to me because I was actually lucky enough to be in DC um, for a trip and. They were playing the game against Minnesota. They lost that 5-1, and they looked terrible. So I was able to go to that game, and I was like, wow, like this is a terrible team. The Islanders (laughs) are going to be able to catch up to them. But since then, they've been really good. I know they just lost to the Islanders. I don't know how big of a deal Ovechkin really is to a team effort, but if they end the season cold – I don't think they have a shot Pittsburgh to me is probably a bit more of a challenge. I think they're better defensively, potentially their goaltending is going to be rough without Jari. I know Jari cost them the series last year, but Casey to Smith is not going to do it. then he's not taking them to the cup. So they better hope Jari gets back quickly, oh, but yeah. just as a team as a whole, I feel like I would choose to play Washington more than Pittsburgh. You will probably get similar efforts. I don't think it really matters if the Panthers don't get it done in the first round. That's just a failure. Absolutely. And I don't know what you do from there. Maybe give it another try next year, but that would be worrying. What's
2: the uh, status of Ekblad? Because obviously that's a, You know, that's a pretty big piece on defense.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I I think you're right, though. Like, you know, if they lose in the first round again, like last year, I think at least um, you could probably speak to this better, but like at least last year when I was picking like my bracket and the Panthers lost round one, I was like, all right, this wasn't like the we have to do it this year. But it's good to see them like show Tampa. Hey, we exist. We're here Uh, this year. I think they really if they play Tampa head to head, I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself. They (laughs) should be... Pittsburgh and Washington, I think, are okay teams whose records are a little bit ballooned because the rest of the conference sucks.
0: Yeah. I think with Ekblad, it is very hazy, just like Kucherov. I'm a little... Not as a fan of them, but as an objective hockey fan, I'm very disappointed in them the nhl vegas for just continuing with this ltir stuff Mm -hmm. i i don't even really know the status of ecblad because as soon as he got hurt people people uh, i guess brunette and people within the panthers organization were saying like oh it might not be so long term maybe week to week maybe even Mm -hmm a few days and then it just fully escalated into it's got to be on LTIR. The official terminology is Hobie back for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I saw today people were saying maybe that means like game two or three and not necessarily game one. I think it's not right. For, I They definitely make the playoffs overall um, with or without Equad. Um, But you look at Vegas, it's it's just not really fair, I think, to go over the salary cap. Now, it it bit Vegas hard as a counterpoint. Like You have to be a skillful balancer of contracts. But like with Tampa, it was definitely frustrating to see Kucherov just come back and look like he'd been perfect for a while mm-hmm. um yeah. we'll see if aqua looks like that as well
2: yeah i think the the nhl definitely needs to I, I i've seen people say just like literally just take away the um you know once the playoffs start like i guess cap doesn't matter come playoff time anyway but um no i agree with you that it's it, it's frustrating to watch teams kind of do that Um, it is amazing because you do have to be a really good team to be able to do something like the Lightning did last year because your team needs to be good enough to be able to sustain an injury like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's funny because on one hand, you could say that means you had good enough um, roster construction that you could still be good like that. But um, I'm interested to see maybe if the league – has maybe more independent doctors step in and say like, yeah. mm, okay, this guy can be bad. But it's also tough to tell players how how healthy they are at times. Yeah. Like they also know their bodies. Um, yeah. So it's difficult. It is a really tough thing, to, I feel like, to legislate. Um, I will say it is really funny when it blows up in a team's face. I think we saw that with the uh, Vegas this year. It tried to make that Dadnov trade at the deadline, and it literally didn't go through. Yeah. And then they couldn't activate Mark Stone. Because they couldn't – so, like, it is funny to – Vegas has been kind of, like, Twitter's punching bag this year because nobody feels bad for them missing the playoffs. It's the first time they've missed, and they're, you know, a new team. Like, nobody feels that bad about it. But it is also funny to watch them try to do what the Lightning did and, like, completely fall flat on their faces (laughs) doing it. Um, Of course, I hope all the players are healthy and all right, but um, it it, it was really funny to watch Vegas, like – completely face plant the finesse move that it, it's funny because I was angry at Tampa for it last year but now I'm also like wow I can respect that they did it correctly because Vegas didn't get <laughs> yeah, yeah. like put themselves in such a bad spot um, and also we we the, the Islanders getting back to the Islanders for a sec the Islanders should take advantage of teams like Vegas and Minnesota that are going to have really bad cap situations over the summer uh, so that's that but oh about Ekblad too I wanted to point out mm. um the Panthers, the last couple of years, they've been really able to like pick up defensemen that other teams were like, ah, he's all right. And like Gustav Forsling, yeah, has yeah. been like really really good. Uh, Radko Gudis, yeah. Uh, I really like Gudis. I think in the playoffs he's gonna be so helpful for them. He was, um, I think last year, right? Didn't he fight uh, Pat Maroon last year? Yeah, I know.
0: I can't remember if that was the playoffs or like the two games before mm -hmm. it. Oh, yeah, yeah. because that
2: was like its own little playoff series. That was fun, too. Yeah. That was perfect to get like the tone set for that playoff series, too. Man, I am so here for the all Florida uh, rivalry.
0: Yeah, that was meaningful, too, because that was for home ice. So Mm -hmm. thank goodness it came down to that.
2: Yeah, that was like made in a lab to, to be like the best possible finish to a season for like a budding rivalry.
0: Yeah, exactly. They've always been, at least I felt, like rivals because State. But I think last year really put that rivalry in stone. And now they just hate each other. Like, mm-hmm. they're not going to play in the first round, but that game the other night was crazy physical.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's going to be... People People need to know that the Panthers, like, can can throw weight. I think you see a team that scores like the Panthers do, and you know, like, their best players, like Barkov and Huberto. Um, but, like, you you got to pay attention. In the playoffs, like, you know, like, Marchmont is going to be – I'm sure he'll be getting uh, – you know, throwing his body weight. Um, Bennett. Sam Bennett's got a mean streak. He yeah. that – that is, like, a perfect, uh, you know, a player for, I, I feel like, this rivalry now. Uh, Gudis is going to be so much fun. People need to know that the Panthers are not going to, like, go quietly – even if they're like losing, you're gonna get hurt. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. they're
2: gonna they're gonna make you like physically pay a toll for even winning.
0: Even on your defenseman point, I'm still not. I haven't fully come to terms with how I feel on the Ben Chirac trade, but mm-hmm. like just as a player, he hasn't been that awful. I think mm-hmm. it wasn't a bad pickup. Well, maybe for a first, it was, but. He, I thought he'd be like Zidane Ocharo or whatnot, (laughs) but no, he's been not bad. You got on the forwards. You mentioned Sam Bennett and Calgary just gave away lots of trades where people were like, and these guys really aren't good." even Panthers fans for the Sam Bennett trade, Brandon Montour, like, and they're, they're not good, but then they came and play and, I don't know, something about the chemistry here, I guess, is just working for everyone so far. Yeah. Yeah, they,
2: they've they done a really good job um, of just, like, adding guys that, like, I, you know, maybe wouldn't be marquee. Although this year they added marquee. I mean, like, yeah. Giroux has just been awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. to the point that in the offseason, selfishly, I'm like, I'm like, if the Islanders can't get uh, Forsberg, <laughs> hey, Giroux's, uh proven that he could still play. Um, so the the Islanders and the Panthers should make a pact that if the Panthers can't re-sign them because of cap, the Islanders get first ifs, So I'll be the moderator. Of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: I, I was so, so just – it struck me when I was by the glass for warm-ups against Anaheim. That was my first game after the trade deadline. Mm. And I was just thinking, like, since the 2020 series against the Islanders – The only players they really have from that series are like your Barkov, Huberto, Bobrovsky, Ekblad, Wieger. I think that's it kind of. I I can't remember any other player who's still on the team. So Zito's done outstanding work. We'll see if that lasts in the playoffs where it really matters, but really don't have anything to complain about for him. I I really hope
2: it works out because – you know, you want to. You really want to see a GM get rewarded when he makes yeah. so many good moves. Like, um, hockey could be so random yeah. uh, during the regular season and in the playoffs. But uh, I'm really hoping that uh, the Panthers get rewarded as a team because they've earned it, but also because the management has, like you said, like everybody they get the last couple of years has seemed to just work. And then the Ben Chiarot thing. It was funny because the the joke was that Ben Chirot was going to get a first and everybody was like, he sucks. His underlying numbers are bad. Um, He's just, you know, he's getting all, you know, going to sell better because of last year's playoffs. And he's been pretty good. Like the cats, they're, they're making things work. And the coach down there, you know, interim. Yeah. I think he's the coach now. Like he's done an excellent job. I think he's earned himself, uh, you know, the, the full time gig.
0: Yeah, I'm still hesitant to see if what happens in the first round because they got destroyed in round one. Something's not right with their Mm. coaching. But regular Mm. season-wise, the only thing I could complain about, which is even not a huge complaint, I just feel sometimes he's not great with how he treats his goaltenders, like especially leaving Knighton to dry after giving up like five or six goals a game. But like that's that hasn't happened often at all, and clearly his team is performing amazingly. Got That was a point in the season when Q left where things were like, could we just have been good under him and now we're going to be exposed? Not one bit. So mm-hmm. good job to Bruna for picking right off.
2: Yeah. It's all good vibes in Florida right now. I remember going there uh, for spring break senior year Uh, which was 2018, and, like, they were all right that year, Um, but, like, the arena was, like, empty, and obviously there's always been attendance strokes at the expense of them, and I understand those because I'm an Islander fan. Um, So it's really, really, really fun to get to see, um, you know, I've seen a lot of raucous crowds recently at at Florida games on TV, so I'm really, really happy that the fan base is now getting to, you know, kind of have its moment. And, uh, yeah. hopefully, hopefully it's not just like winning one round. Cause obviously yeah. that'll be a huge deal. Like no matter, even if they sweep, whoever they play and I don't want to, j- I'm going to knock on wood
1: because
0: <laughs> it's never
2: that easy in the NHL playoffs. But if the cap, if the cats do it, um, in the first round, that's going to be really nice because who knows what they could do next. You know, they've got the monkey off their shoulder. Uh, if they get just the one series, win. um, Tampa Bay, In Toronto could go long. That could be a long series. You never know. Maybe one of those teams comes in tired. And if Florida takes care of business and they do it in a timely manner, maybe they get a, you know, a tired Tampa team.
0: Yeah. I mean, looking back a couple of years, 2019, that's what the Islanders got from Carolina. Yeah. I never know. It is funny. Yeah.
2: It could go either way with that. Sometimes you're too rested.
0: Yeah, I hate that series because of Curtis McIlhenny. We got one of the most by...
2: frustrating playoff series I've ever seen because it was like they were in every game, but they just couldn't. They Carolina just has their number.
0: Yeah, except for Kyle Palmer now. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I, I've got to say the fan base here is definitely growing. The games, the crowds they've been drawing. Even, I think the Anaheim game was on a Tuesday night. Mm. It was packed. And they're not necessarily even, we don't know if they're like from nearby, if they're really diehards or not, but people are starting to be interested. I just love after the Toronto game in overtime, leaving the stadium, there was a nice section of people singing the Miami Dolphins theme song. (laughs) So it, they're getting people in the building. They're seeing a winning product and hopefully that grows the fan base even more.
2: It is really funny when you're a hardcore team of a uh, fan of a team that has had like attendance issues in the past. And then all of a sudden when they're good, you see more people and you're like, what are you, what are you guys doing? Here? <laughs> this is my stomping grounds. I've been here since this. the Coliseum leaked. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, that must be fun. Uh, I, you know what? Part of you says that, and then the other part of you goes, "Hey, like people showing up, this is yeah, fun." Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
2: Um,
1: okay, so uh, break it up, guys. Break it up. Sorry, stop talking about good teams. Let's that go was back. The,
2: the end of the era of good vibes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> back to back to the reality. Oops. Yeah. All right, we want to end physics. this podcast on a uh, on a rather sad note. As I was joking mm. before we started, we don't want people to leave this podcast. Yes, so Tom stop. died today. <laughs> yeah, That's we, want, the... we want the feeling of this podcast ending to be like, eh, that was okay. Um, yeah. Probably not going to listen to it again. So uh, so we're going to end it on the most disappointing teams of this season. Okay? Um, you know, just just off the top of your head, I, I think I got my
2: answer. Okay. Um, P-
0: choosing one?
2: What? Okay. You, you yeah, can just... go
0: with several. Uh, sure, okay, okay. yeah, why There's, not?
2: I, I think... I think maybe like say your biggest one and then it's okay to name a few. Okay. okay. All
1: right. uh, I'll start it off. I'm going to go with the Seattle Kraken. Damn Uh, it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, you can't choose that one. Go ahead. We can do repeats. Um, That's the reason I wanted to go first. So I seemed Mm -hmm. original. Um, Yeah. It's like, I, I honestly didn't watch a ton of them, much of them really this year, but you know, I tried to follow them at least somewhat and, uh, I mean, but finishing last place was in, in like a division that probably you know wasn't no one was expecting it to be good. Uh yeah, not yeah. the best division. So um, so yeah, that's that's my one and only answer. Every other team did amazing. And <laughs> and they also just I guess actually I am gonna point out one more thing. Seattle currently with three games left to play has a negative sixty nine goal differential
2: nice Nice. (laughs) and hopefully it stays that
1: way (laughs) all right so um all right sterling how about you next
0: okay well besides the islanders i think that one goes without saying Mm -hmm. my biggest pick honestly might be montreal i feel like at the beginning of the season the conversation around them was okay last year was a shortened season they went to the cup final because their division sucked. Will they make the playoffs this year? Eh, maybe, maybe not. And now they might just finish last in the league. And I know a lot of that is on coaching because they've been, I'm not going to say excellent under Martin St. Louis, but they've been better. Maybe. Oh, even- Caulfield looks good. Yeah, Caulfield looks good, which I didn't watch them too much, but... Just did the other coach just refuse to play him? Or it,
2: yeah, I know he like he spent time in the minors. Um, I think it was kind of I I hope it wasn't this. This is a bad comparison because it would it would be a bad future for Cole. But like it might have been a little bit like Capuano getting fired. And when they hi, had dug weight for a little bit <laughs> and they were like they had no structure, but they were going out and they were scoring and they were having fun yeah um hopefully they get it figured out because marty saint louis uh i think has hope because he can motivate guys they've also lost nine in a row yeah um but they definitely i mean it was definitely a more embarrassing first half of the season
0: yeah um Um, before i go on to the other two just want to say for the last two games of the islander season I'll be cheering for them to win again, but I was really hoping they'd lose out. So they would tie. Doug waits 80 points <laughs> almost happened. Uh, uh-huh. But my two other picks would be Seattle, which you just mentioned. But for me, I'm kind of disappointed by Anaheim. I know they were making quite a playoff push at the mm-hmm. beginning, first half of the season. And then they just fell off completely. Like they're not even close to a playoff spot. Yeah. Dallas is at 95 mm-hmm. Anaheim's at 76 now. And they were in a spot at one point. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. I don't follow them much, but some work to be done. I want them to be a successful team next year. I like a lot of their young guys.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you guys opened up with some great picks uh, Sterling. Did you have any other, or, uh, sorry, I didn't, no, didn't know. I'm if you good. Had... I'm Okay. Good. Uh, so, I mean, I'm going to join the Seattle bandwagon as one of mine because, I mean, look, I got to take it on the chin. I had Seattle making the playoffs. Uh, you know, I think,
1: uh, no, I think you had Seattle winning the division, Tom. No, <laughs> no. I had them
2: second place. There's a huge mm, difference. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Now, okay, did I underestimate the Pacific a little bit? Because it's Pacific isn't great, but it's, I mean, like, I probably. I think the biggest thing I did was I completely forgot that their coach was Dave Hackstall and that yeah. he's a hack fraud. <laughs> am I right? Um, apparently I am. Uh, so I, yeah, I look, I, I missed there because like Vegas year one probably had a worse roster like from the get go, but they had Gerard galant. That was a huge difference. And also Mark Andre Fleury. And Seattle thought they had that in Grubauer, you know. Starting off a new franchise, goaltending is huge because you know your team's not going to be great on paper. Um, Their goaltending was the worst in the league this year. Uh, Second, I think the Devils had worse goaltending by the end of the year. But Seattle, I mean, I still think the team on paper should have been better. Um, But, yeah, I also forgot that their coach is terrible. So Seattle's definitely there. Um, My number one is going to be Vegas, and I don't care even if they get in the playoffs. I have watched a lot of Vegas recently. I had Eichel and Theodore on my fantasy team, so I was watching a lot of Vegas hockey during my fantasy playoffs um, and was shocked that Vegas, with all the talent they have, uh, like I had them winning the division coming into this year. I think a lot of people did. And they, I mean, so they're 42, 31, and 7. They have 91 points. Those are respectable numbers. But for the amount of talent they have, oh, my goodness. They have, like, they're hard to watch. I was watching them uh, in the Dallas game in the previous couple games. They look like a an overpriced Islanders <laughs> right now. They can't score. With all the talent they have, they can't score. Um, their goaltending let them down uh Robin Leonard who I love was just i it's it's bad vibes there it's not Leonard's i Leonard didn't have a great year but their fans like hate him for like no reason i mean i the amount of vitriol i see against Robin Leonard is not good yeah. it's yeah. really bad um so yeah Vegas i mean they should have been cup contenders and they're probably not going to make the playoffs so like i feel like i got to go with that um i guess like Uh, I I, I like the Anaheim pick because, yeah, like when are they going to figure it out again? They've been bad for a while and they started off all right. I think Detroit – Detroit is kind of the Anaheim of the East because Detroit was in the playoff mix for a while. And then they said, how about we never stop another puck again? (laughs) They're goaltending. So this is what I meant. There's like a lot of teams. Um, I want to highlight one team that everybody I think thought would be worse and is not as bad as they are. And I'm not even shooting super high here. I could say Predators because I think people probably gave up on the Preds. But Columbus. Columbus could have been an absolute dumpster fire this year. And they're three points back of the Islanders. Like They're not terrible. Um, Their defense is terrible. Uh, They have one good goalie. Uh, They have some good players. But it could have been a lot worse. Columbus had potential to be where Seattle is right now. And they aren't. So I will give credit there. All right, Um, how
1: dare you hijack this most disappointing segment into the whatever? Maybe there's an inkling of hope for Columbus. Well, take it back.
0: Yeah, I went with the most
2: mediocre team I could come up with.
0: Yeah, I really liked Nashville. I was really hoping they'd pull off the series against Carolina. I really hope they get swept this year, so Forsberg (laughs) doesn't want to resign. There we go. Really quickly on the backup goaltending on a couple of the teams you mentioned with Seattle, like I was sure Drieger was going to like break out this yeah. year. And he doesn't get played much, 25 games, but he's in sub 900 save percentage. Just You couldn't even rely on the backup for when the starter was struggling. Yeah. Terrible there. And then with your Detroit pick, I was kind of hoping pre-trade deadline if we got rid of varlamov could we see thomas grace coming back and just watching him in the detroit game and just in general his stats just no like he completely fell off yeah maybe it's age because he did leave a couple years ago but nadelkovich too has been really bad at least compared to my standards after last season mm-hmm. so goaltending is a common theme here gibson i guess not the only problems by any means mm-hmm. but quite large one
2: yeah it, it's definitely weird to see i want to see um i think we'll at the end of the year hear this but like scoring seems to be way up so i think a lot of goalies had rough years because of the league i i, I wonder if it's just I I mean, power play percentages seem to be up as well because the Islanders were, like, close to 20%, and that used to be considered great, and that was, like, middle of the pack this year. So I'm really, really curious to hear. I'm also a big baseball fan, and a few years ago, they juiced the baseballs. Did they juice the pucks? Did they make them smaller, and the goalies can't see them? I don't – I'm interested. I think it's actually in hockey, it's a more natural conclusion, which is just that it is super talented right now, and the way they call penalties – Um, like allows more power play time and, um, you know, the Islanders, uh, didn't take advantage of that, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm curious about that trend. I want to see if that continues because it felt like, um, yeah, goal scoring was just way up the fact that the Island, I mean, like I pointed out, Florida has a 290 goals against, and in the past I would have seen that as a little bit high. And this year it's like, it's pretty decent. Yeah. So that that's uh curious. I'm gonna be keeping an eye on that. And about, also their their power play is like almost at twenty-five percent, and that's only seventh.
0: Like that's crazy. About the Islanders power play. I remember Butch said maybe two seasons ago on a broadcast, if a team's power play percentage plus penalty kill percentage is over a hundred, they're mm-hmm. an elite team. And yeah. I think they are Unless they recently fell off, and I just don't remember. I'm pretty sure they're at least like a percentage above. Yeah, real elite team right here. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we're at like 105 when you add it together. We have a
2: 20-point. Like, this is kind of shocking also. Do you guys want to guess where we are ranked power play-wise? I'm going to say top 10.
0: Out of 32. I'll go with. I'm going number 10. I'll go with third. Fourteen. fourteen. it's 15th so very oh, okay. good
2: guess and like they're at 20.8 percent that feels fake yeah yeah like come on <laughs> uh, and, and our pk is 84 so like i said um we're basically at 105 uh it went so it's almost like we're gonna have to rethink that equation if scoring keeps going the way it is and yeah. also like um i got a comment on a video a few days ago where it was like you know, the Islanders are still one of the best defensive teams in the conference, and their goals against is up to 280. So that's really curious because that shows that the best defensive team in the conference, their goals their goals against went up significantly, and they're still, like, the best team defensively in the conference. So, like, it is very curious. Um, I And like I said, I think it's just – oh, let's see. Where are the Islanders defensively? Okay, they're, like, okay, they're 230 goals against. Yeah. They're fine.
1: So they're – I mean, they're – fourth yeah I'm, but they're close to the pittsburgh but then i mean carolina rangers are tied pretty much mm-hmm. yeah
0: you
2: know,
1: 119 I, and 201
0: i actually don't necessarily think we're that good defensively anymore of course when you get Chara and green but like the goaltending especially Sorokin. honestly i can't remember another season where our starter was this lights out Obviously, I've been watching since 2010, and we've had mm. some pretty bad goaltenders. <laughs> but even, like, Leonard's season was really good. And Sorokin has just been insane. Stops a lot of high-danger chances. I don't think they're really a good team defensively, and I think he's just masking that.
2: I fully agree. I've been on that bandwagon for a little bit now. They um yeah, I mean, it feels like the goalies this year have had to really, really steal the show for the Islanders to win games. And, uh, yeah, no, definitely the structure has taken a bit of a hit this year. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Like, right now, Sorokin, I think, like you said, has pretty much proven that he is set. He is ready to be number one starting probably, like, 50 to 55 games a year. I'm still hesitant to like overdo it with goalies yeah, yeah. just because you don't want to burn them out. I've seen that happen before. Um really curious to see what the Islanders, if they're looking for cap space to go after a Forsberg, a Gaudreau in the off season, um, obviously Bailey to move, but do you move Varley? Well, because he's making like 5.5, I think. And do you then try to, you know, you try your luck on the on the veteran goaltender uh backup market, you know, that could backfire. That could definitely backfire. Yeah. So that's like that's gonna be an interesting uh chess piece.
0: My concern for trading varley, I know I don't love having a five million dollar backup, but come playoff time, imagine if we make the playoffs, but let's say we did. Um last season we played Sorokin to start had Varlamov, Sorokin came in like for a period or two. Mm -hmm. So Varlamov played most of the playoffs, but a bit of Sorokin carried us through the Penguin series. The year before was literally split between Grice and Varley. Mm -hmm. And then the other year was mostly Leonard. Grice came in as relief, but I think Trotz likes to alternate his goaltenders in the playoffs. And clearly Sorokin and Varlamov have really good chemistry. You could say that might even be why Sorokin came over to the NHL in the first place was because mm-hmm. they replaced Leonard with Varley. So while the contract isn't great, I think there are some intangibles, which sucks. I hate using <laughs> that. But I, I think I think it if you could find other ways, probably would be better to clear. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 that makes sense. Like, it definitely... Gives you another dimension in the playoffs if you have a bad game and you feel like you can jump to that. Like, yeah, going to Varley in the playoffs, like, you don't have to worry about it. Like, you can make that move. He, it definitely gives you peace of mind that you can go back and forth with your goalies and not screw with their heads. Also, because like you said, it seems like they have very good chemistry. They're not like, they're competitive, but they're not like going to get on. They're not. They they have like the Linus Olmark. Jeremy Swayman, yeah. like, let's hug each other type thing so um no you're definitely right chemistry played a big role in the islanders getting back to relevancy so it shouldn't be disregarded um and i i am curious i thought I, I like pitched this to my brother the other day um if the islanders and this would like cap wise this would be like i think an even swap so uh it wouldn't really have cap implications but um uh, this is probably just me fanboying, but like, if the Islanders traded Varley straight up for Leonard, just to get Leonard back to uh, a place that loves him. And also, I think Leonard would play better, I was going to say in the Islanders system, but I think he made a pretty good case that our system was <laughs> crappy this year. So, no, nah, that, that is definitely delusion. That's like me trying to get Franz Nielsen back on the roster, <laughs> which we should do. Yeah, um, yeah. No, nah, well, well, yeah
0: counterpoint to that, I guess, would be that we were playing like Chara, Green, Ajo for most of the season. Once we get, this is so bad, but like real defensemen, you know, that will definitely help the defensive system. I would like to see Leonard back. Uh, Clearly, um, he was a fan favorite. I loved having him and was so crushed to see him go for Varlamov now I love Varlamov but still at the time that was awful I didn't I don't really follow prospects much especially not back then I was like we got rid of Leonard for this guy in Russia named <laughs> um, but yeah so I was disappointed and just to put into perspective Varlamov's cap Bob's making 10 mil and the Panthers can still get Claude Giroux Ben Sherat, yeah. Bennett all these guys so it is possible
2: yeah no, it's true. And then yeah, like if you like the Panthers are doing a good thing by getting a lot out of guys that aren't being paid as much like Marchmont and Forsling and stuff like that. It, it's that it's a really tough tightrope to, to walk of like, you got to be really good at a specific time. You got to be good while guys are like overperforming their contracts so that you like, you know, because eventually you're gonna have to pay everyone and then you're gonna have to make cuts and the Panthers are in a very nice spot right now where I feel like they've got guys that are way overperforming contracts and it's like, Oh boy, we got to win now. Come on. Yeah, get one in yeah. there. Um Whereas the Islanders got to kind of reevaluate a little bit in the off season. Um, oh, I, 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 guess I wanted to end with one thing. Barzy. How, hmm. what did, what did we think of Barzy this year? He's the subject of a lot of, of a lot of talk, I've seen um, people doing mock trades where the Islanders are trading Barzy. It's mostly other fan bases. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say, no Islander fan would
1: dream of that.
2: Yeah, and I don't think they're – I think they're, like, looking at our record and going, oh, they're going to go into a rebuild. But, no, I think Sterling made a pretty good point earlier. First of all, Lou and Barry are getting up there. Um, I don't think they're going to re-sign with a team and then, like, go through a five-year rebuild. That's just mm-hmm. not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lou is not going to like. He's not going to do that. He's going to retire soon. He's not going to go out <laughs> in the midst of a rebuild. So, uh, yeah. And also the fact fe- like the Islanders are committed to a core. They have to try. They mm-hmm. owe it yeah. to the players they already have to try. Um, so yeah. Um, but but uh,
0: anyway, what did you, what did you guys think
2: of Barzy? If you could grade Barzy on his season,
0: what would you give him? You really can't have this conversation on Twitter because someone's going to get upset within the first tweet. Um I would say probably maybe even being a bit generous C. I've been very disappointed with him, and I pull up his stats. He's second on the team in points, 55. I don't think that's impressive at all, considering our top point getter is 58 and other teams have like a hundred point scores, but his contract is going to end next season. And Lou needs to start having conversations with him about his cap and how much he's going to make. And like, regardless of his wingers and whatnot, if he's going to make $10 million, just 55 points is unacceptable. 15 goals on the season. I know he's a playmaker and all, but really it just feels like he's been on the decline the past few seasons. It hasn't been bad per se, because he went from like 60 something in his first year. Maybe he'll get a couple these last few games, but this is our real first season since 2018, 19 and his lack of production has been a bit concerning So that's his offense to me, Mm -hmm. his defense. I I don't like it. Like you mentioned, his back checking is not good at all. And just for the star player, you need him to be, and you're paying him to be more importantly, this is not a good leader of the team in terms of points and defensive awareness.
2: Mm. Yeah. He had 80. I'll, I'll go down his points. Um, 85 is rookie year. Point a game is rookie year. And and you almost have to treat that like a completely different team because that was yeah. the last year. That was Doug Waite. That was John Tavares. That was a, a year where the Islanders said, what if every game we score five and we give up seven? <laughs> um, so uh, since then, 62, uh, 62 points in 82 games in 1819, 60 and 68, for, uh, 45 and 55, and this year 55 and 71. Um, so for his career, he's got 307 points in 360 60 games. Sorry, my throat is bothering me. Um, this year, um, I'm gonna, yeah, obviously, like his pace is as a little, yeah, definitely behind last year's. Um, I definitely think a lot of that was it felt like they had to juggle his lines a lot to start the year. Um, you know, if they knew Parise worked so well with him. Earlier on, I think his point total would be a little bit higher, and so would Parise's. Yeah. Parise would have scored before Christmas. <laughs> um <laughs> but um,
1: say who has the same amount of goals as Barzal. They both have yeah. 15.
2: Yeah, that I that is great value on that Parise contract. Oh, but, um, uh, yeah, Barzal hmm. did
1: miss a few games. I forgot about that. Yeah. But Parise's I, I the would, only islander I think that's played all eighty so far.
2: Hmm. I would uh agree that Barzi um yeah, it was definitely still like a downward year. Um, I would probably give him like a B minus. I think I understand that the point total isn't going to be everything with him because the Islanders don't score <laughs> ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think if if he were a better defensive player, I would forgive the points even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I need to see if... It, it's not impossible guys of his skill can do it. Like um, I know I'm going to get yelled at for comparing him mm-hmm. to Connor McDavid, but Connor McDavid, like has turned his defensive game into like a strength. And there's no reason that Mark, Ma- Mark bars that <laughs> Matt Barzel, There's no reason that he can't put in the effort to get just, just to the point where it's like a net even like uh, mm-hmm. his defense is just fine. Um, so yeah, I think B minus, um, I I I think he could be more direct with his play. I think we talk about it a lot. It's it, it was fun the first couple of years to watch him just like rove around the zone and go. What is he doing? <laughs> um, and now it's more like, can you go to the net? We suck. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm like, my throat is gone. Um, can you go to the net? We suck. That's what I meant. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, I think for him next year the goal is be better defensively let's help him out with line mates let's make it more consistent let's see if we can figure out the lines before the season is over um and uh I think it's also on him to shoot more um he has a lot of times where I notice hey you've you've done the hard work you created the work uh the, the space to be able to have a shot and then he misses the net it's like, all right, let's not, let's, you know, we always make fun of Pollock for that. We got to start, let's get on bars off of that a little bit. He misses the net a little bit too
1: often. I, okay. So that I was going to give him a B, which I, I actually, I'm not surprised. I guess that's the, that's the highest, um, but uh, you know, maybe, maybe, okay. Maybe I have a crush on him. All right. But that's that, <laughs> true. That, that I, I know. But uh, something that it's interesting. You guys mentioned, both of you guys mentioned consistency, on, consistency on the lines. Uh, and maybe it could be attributed to the fact that not that Eberle is was the best goal scorer in, uh, in Islanders history, but you know he, he on the kinda, backhand, yes. <laughs> well, that he, he did second
2: to Franz Nielsen. He <laughs>
1: he did like capitalize on those opportunities that Barzal created more than anybody else that's on the that 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 Barzal's been on a line with this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, maybe Palmieri a little bit when they played together and stuff, but I mean Eberly I, like they would play like i think losing eberly was was one of those things that no matter what way you slice no matter which islander we lost it would have sucked um yes. you know so but but like specifically being the first line guy that played with Barzall, they had good enough chemistry you know he was able to capitalize on the work that Barzall did often enough mm-hmm. now i guess that's interesting though because that doesn't answer your point saying like he's bars still not shooting the puck right i mean it's still it only would have counted towards assists but anyway, uh, regardless, I stand by what I said. <laughs> um, and it's a B, and it's wow. all because Everly left. <laughs> Do you think
2: it's fair to say <laughs> none of that... it's his fault at all? <laughs> Do you think it's fair? I think it's, I, I think I would go with the Islanders as a whole weren't worse because uh, of trading out Paul Mary for Everly, because I think by the end of the year, the points weren't that hugely different between mm. those two players. But, um, that Barzall specifically might've struggled more uh, adapting to he, because you're, you're right. I mean, Eber, he had Eberle at least on the team with him since his rookie year. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to, to maybe say, um, you know, next year when he's got a lot more games uh, where he's played with his line mates and he's got a little bit more familiarity that it'll, the results will come a little bit more often. So um, I'm going to be patient. He's, you know, the star player. He's the most skilled player on the team. It's not the best player on the team. That's either, that's probably one of Sorokin, Pelly, or Brock. That's think. Nice. I think, because uh, I, I think of Brock as like, he's that perfect second line center where he is probably, I mean, he's the only guy on the team with like a ridiculous shot. Um, and then on top of that, um, he's good defensively.
0: Mm-hmm. For me, probably Sorokin wins that. I think Pelic lost me, at least for this season. I still love him and still recognize mm-hmm. he's one of the best defenders in the league, but the penalties and just his defensive game completely is gone. It's like back when he was wearing number 50, that's what player <laughs> we're seeing now. Yeah. And then Nelson is having a career year, but his consistency has really dropped off lately. Like even though he got closer to 40, that was a two-goal game and he hasn't scored much outside of that the past couple weeks. I know, Tom, you said at the beginning of the year up until maybe halfway, Sorokin likes to let up a softie every now and then, but otherwise really good. I honestly thought, I mean, you don't earn softies, but I thought he was good enough at the time. And now that he's, Fully just two games left. I don't really care much if I jinx it. But sure. if he's cut that down entirely and just looks outstanding from the 13-game road trip where he had to play like every game to game 82 potentially, definitely yeah. is the best player in my opinion.
2: I, I He definitely, definitely took a step up. Like he – like, even when he was giving up those softies, I would joke that, like, he'd still end that game with, like, a nine fifty save percentage. Yeah. He'd just give up. And he went from, you know, being a great goalie that gives up the occasional bad one to, like, I don't remember the last time I was like, come on, Ilya. Like, yeah. he has been so good in the second half. Like, unreal. Uh, I love when something like that happens. That's where I love my curse. My curse of <laughs> criticizing a guy and then watching him do great. You know, I wish it worked better this year. I wish I, <laughs> I wish I cursed the team, everyone on the team to start the year, and they wouldn't have waited until the second half to have everyone yeah, yeah. start contributing. Uh,
0: I mean, so. that was the most alarming thing about this season for me was Kyle Palmieri. Like, we would not have been able to focus uh, to get out of that deal at all if he's scoring like, yeah, once every month or so, <laughs> yeah he really stepped up in the second half and mm-hmm. honestly like not a great season overall like if you didn't know anything about it but it's not like he was abysmal I mean, like not great for his contract but I'm sure you gotta give him benefit of the doubt with that AHL stint and you know I'm excited to see him in a full season hopefully the pandemic will be important to hockey as a sport, but I'm excited to see if he can be that good Eberle replacement for a full year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah.
1: that's it. And uh, one last thing I wanted to mention about Barzal. Maybe you guys disagree with me on this. I don't think we would have made the playoffs if Barzal was playing better defensively. I don't think that would have made the team make the playoffs. However, I do think that if he had... Uh, a, like a good line mate that you know that, that they had good camp not not necessarily Eberly but somebody you know like, um, you know like it just literally anybody that that could play hockey <laughs> that, hmm. that's consistent. Um, hmm. yeah, like a, like a good weapon on on the wing, you know, like that could have made the difference between making yeah, the playoffs and not.
2: I think what you said about Barzal is completely fair. This is one of those years where so many things went wrong. And they missed mm-hmm. by so much that you can't put it on one thing, but I will. And it was Chara. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I think, I think you're right that that could have been the difference maker because when they were like really bad, they weren't losing like Doug. Weight. they just couldn't score a goal. Yeah. With that mm-hmm, being mm-hmm. said, I do think their playoff performance would have been worse than the past couple of seasons. The the defensive core, mm-hmm which is extremely important come playoff time, just wouldn't have been able to compete with maybe even a team like Boston.
2: Yeah, I mean, we we were not good against playoff teams this year, so we can't even pretend like that we would, you know. But Matt I, Martin I, would have turned it on in the playoffs. He would
1: have gotten <laughs> – how many goals did he have this year? He, he had three we, goals. He would have gotten three <laughs> more in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it, it, yeah, it was um, – Ross Johnston had two goals. He probably think... wouldn't have played in the playoffs <laughs>
2: <laughs> i think everybody on this team bears some responsibility for missing the playoffs except for the goalies mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think that's
1: and true. that's and something tom you said before is too like like we're wasting the best goaltending which is like you know it's like the the timing is just is just not lined up
2: yeah you know? that's the thing is is uh people forget that so much of it is just timing of having so many things work out because mm-hmm. year to year, you know, like Shusterkin, Shuster, like the Rangers, God, they got to do something this year. Shusterkin is amazing. Shusterkin's going to be a top five goalie for most of his career. Is he going to have years like this every year? No, this is like, this is probably close to a career year. You got to take advantage of that. Um, for the Islanders. Yeah. It's frustrating. They didn't take advantage of the goaltending being, Uh, I think the best in the league this year um, in terms of like a tandem, but uh, on the other end, you know, they've been like top five for like a few years now. So Mm -hmm. you can at least feel like even if they regress a little bit that they should be like, at least they won't, they won't be handing away goals. Their goalies Mm -hmm. won't be it. They know that goaltending is set. um, You know, depending on if they move early, which I think Sterling made a good case not to, um, so you know, that's one less thing to worry about. So, uh, I think it's probably fair to say, yeah, Varley's most likely staying. Yeah, I think be broken. If they I, trade, I Varley, if they J. 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 trade <laughs> Varley, they better get Johnny Gaudreau. Johnny Gaudreau <laughs> will be on this team, mm-hmm. these beaches will be open.
0: Uh, highlight of the season was goaltending that Corey Schneider game. Oh, master class in that. Uh, yeah. I was <laughs> shocked. Now, let in a few goals, but you know, got the win and he's not going to be in the NHL for good. So that's all that really mattered. Right. Yeah. He was
2: like legitimately, uh, I can't speak. (laughs) I, I don't even know what it is. Like I, I have a, like my throat isn't sore, but like it's, if we know. have any doctors in the comments, can you guys somebody go to <laughs> WebMD real yeah. <laughs> quick?
0: Oh, Tom's dead. I, I was WebMD said I died. Already. I was confident we'd win that game because it's been due. We've been losing to Michael Houser, to Philip Grubauer, <laughs> mm. to all these Nico Dawes. Guys. Yeah, there we go. All these fringe NHL guys. Ooh, Scott Wedgewood.
2: Scott Wedgwood. Or oh, the bane bad. of our existence outside of Curtis McElhaney, <laughs> Thomas Volkun from twenty thirteen, and. uh yeah, any any Canes goaltender Funny
0: story. I don't know if I mentioned it, but I was at two of the three 2013 games, and game six was one of them. Mm. I missed that first goal to take the lead by Tavares because I was in the bathroom, <laughs> and then Vokun just was lights out the rest of the game. So kind of rough.
2: He ruined yeah. my childhood, I'd go so far to say. <laughs> that series was the series that probably put me on the path to being a YouTuber. (laughs) Uh, And like, is there a more pathetic thing you could say? Um, But yeah, a YouTuber uh, that doesn't make any money. (laughs) That's us. Tell them that the sponsors are going to (laughs) leave. Yeah. You know, the sponsors that weren't paying us. Yeah, Sterling,
1: I um, yeah, we totally lied about you. We us paying you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. But uh, anyway, what <laughs> <laughs> you're paying him? You're not even paying me. Um,
0: so, so really quickly, mm-hmm. I know we're about to end. Just an update. We'll see how this ages. But Arizona just tied their game against Dallas with oh seven minutes left in the third.
2: Come on. Oh, my God. They were down three nothing. Vegas is going to OT, too.
0: Yeah. So oh we'll God. see how this ages. If Vegas makes the playoffs, you can blame me. And if they I'm make sure, the
2: playoffs right. and they, like, do anything in the playoffs, I am going to – I don't even know. I'm just going to be very fascinated. That's going to be very <laughs> – like, I, I, I don't have the same level of vitriol for Vegas as most do, Um, but I am kind of finding it funny watching them squirm a little bit. But yeah, I also kind of love last-minute, like, t- like, a team that could sneak in like that, especially after losing the last game. Like, um, I don't know, fun story, but yes. That's that is, what
0: I was hoping Vancouver would be, that they'd somehow sneak in, because mm-hmm. they've been great since the coaching change, but yeah. just switched a bit too late. They could have made it otherwise.
2: Yeah. I, I have a little bit of a vendetta against them because I love Yarrow Halak, and they do not uh, him. <laughs> So
0: I mean, uh, he didn't play so well against them. He so. did not. I think, <laughs> I think Yarrow is probably going to retire. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah.
2: But right. um, it's I think that's for, it.
1: It's time for us to retire. All right. Yeah. We're going to hang up our our jerseys. Um, mm-hmm. And that's it. Channel's being deleted. Uh, so, <laughs> so, um, all right. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, Sterling, thank you so much for coming back. You know, it's right. always a pleasure. Um, thank
0: you so much for having me on. Absolutely.
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, assuming you don't change your mind, you will also be here next week.
0: Yeah, sounds yeah.
1: like a point It'll be our complete season wrap up. We'll talk about the playoffs. I think we we'll, are starting. Do we know when the playoffs are starting?
2: No, they don't count. They don't matter. Okay. I, so. I mean, they <laughs> do for they do yeah. for some people. <laughs> uh, I believe Monday is the. first Oh, okay. So yeah. So
1: this will be coming out then on Thursday of next week. So a week from today, the day that this comes mm-hmm. out. Um. We'll just kind of do season wrap up and kind of discuss, I guess, the beginning of the playoffs for the Panthers and whatever else and. Whatever, bro, whatever. So, I'll probably, uh, yeah. we could
2: probably, by then, we could do our brackets. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wait. So, ne- next week, could almost be, like, just, like, brackets and cats.
1: <laughs> All right. We're
2: doing it. All right, guys. Yeah. Any closing
0: thoughts? None. Sterling. Uh, let's go, oh, oh. oh. You come <laughs> on to my podcast. My role. All right. <laughs>
2: Uh yeah, no hey, um no, I, I uh, I'm a Yankee fan, but uh my grandpa was a gigantic Met fan, so I go to Met games all the time and I I I root for them when they don't play the Yankees. Awesome.
0: Alright guys. Bye. Bye.